What up, everybody? Welcome into the College Chaos Podcast. I'm Garrett Ross, alongside my man Jack McKenzie and you. And we appreciate you tuning in whenever you do, whether it is live or going back and checking us out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast as well. Hope you enjoyed the weekend, man. We had a, if you're a Big 12 fan, I think other outside of Oklahoma, you probably are questioning how the weekend went. If you're a Sooners fan, I think you are ecstatic and rightfully so. Uh, real impressive win by the Sooners over Texas in the Red River rivalry shootout, however you want to call it, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that was that was a phenomenal game. Uh, I think if you look across the other landscape of college athletics this week or college football this weekend, we saw Miami make arguably one of the worst decisions in uh, football history. I mean, we, we usually get one of these every few years where a team, a coach, somebody just makes a boneheaded decision when I, I guess it's kind of overthinking your situation a little bit. Uh, Mario Cristobal and Miami definitely did that. You had an opportunity to win the game over Georgia Tech. Uh, all you really needed to do was take one knee on third down to seal the deal. Unfortunately for them, they got a little cute with it, tr- decided to run, run it back fumbles, uh, Georgia Tech is able to get the ball, and Haynes King leads them in, and Georgia Tech upset Miami, and I know a lot of Hurricane fans are pretty pissed about that one, and rightfully so. Um, just a lot of just chaos, as we like to say uh, this weekend at College Football Jack, and uh, overall, how are you doing this this wonderful morning, and you're coming off your birthday weekend? Uh, I need to recover. Need to recover. That's yeah, fair. need to get more sleep. Get some sleep. Yeah, I mean, my man was going through it. He had a big weekend. Uh, dude, yeah, so looking back, I was looking at the schedule uh, for the Big 12 and kind of trying to think back on our picks and looking, and if I'm doing my math right, I went 0 for 5. Just absolutely god-awful. Really? Bro, yeah, so I took Kansas State. Obviously, we, we that was an upset. That one wrong. Uh, I took Texas over Oklahoma. I think you took that because I, of your grandpa, right? Uh, or yeah, up? no, like my dad's uncle. Yeah. But yeah. The family. You took that, so you got that one. Uh, UCF, I thought, having John Rice Pumley, unfortunately, he got injured like on the first possession or whatever, and he went out. Kansas just boat raced them. Mm-hmm. You got that one. Uh, Iowa State over TCU. We're going to get into what the hell is going on in Fort Worth. I don't, that was one. I, I don't know. That was, that was a fun matchup. It was good for Iowa State to get that dub. And then, obviously, I took Baylor, which I will not pick them again this season probably. Uh, yeah, and, I think that's safe. Texas Tech just and Texas Tech is not good. Texas Tech is not a good football team, and they flat out embarrassed Baylor. So, where do you want to start when you look at these Big Twelve games? Where do I want to start? I mean, like let's let's start Friday night because that's probably still the most shocking result to me. Okay, so Oklahoma State welcomes in Kansas State, I, and. This is a situation where the Pokes have been reeling all year. They spent most of the the first portion of this year rotating three quarterbacks in and out. You finally decide for Bowman as the guy. And I went back and watched the because I was doing high school football on Friday. So Saturday morning, I got up and watched this the, like on YouTube. It was it was bad, man. Like Oklahoma State looked like a poor man's Kansas State. Like they were more functional. Everything they did, like the way they used Bowman in that game. Uh, like his arm strength is bad. Like he can't really throw. They were using him on a, like to run, and it reminded me of like a super slow motion Chris uh, Kleiman. So that's why I was sitting there like, Damn. man, this is bad. And then if you look the the game, Will Howard had man, he was terrible. He threw three interceptions, yeah, absolutely one terrible. pick six. Like I don't know 
what to make of this team right now. And I know a lot of people um, are calling for the head coach's job and everything. Uh, so I, I don't think that's fair. That's pretty dumb, in my opinion. But what was your biggest takeaway from that loss for Kansas State? Oh, man. I mean, obviously, Will Howard throwing three picks is something that is very concerning against a defense that I don't think really showed out much at all uh, to this point. And I I would like to say that, like, you can look at either the run game or the pass game and be like, this was just flat out completely terrible. Mm -hmm. But... It just seemed like Oklahoma State found ways to control the game, break up the rhythm of Kansas State, and it was like it was like I what I was watching was a football game between two decent teams. Not mm. a, not neither team great, neither team terrible. The problem is we know Oklahoma, Oklahoma State's not that good unless they're truly turning things around. And meanwhile, Kansas State is nowhere near as good as I thought they'd be. No, like they they should not be having results like this. I don't know what's up with Will Howard, and I, I am curious as to why they didn't just say after maybe the second pick, screw it, we're not throwing anymore. They cannot stop our QB power run game, right? Because that's how Kansas State was moving the ball at the end of the game. That was the yeah, that was one thing. I think the Oklahoma State's defense—you got to give them credit for being able to shut DJ Giddens down. Like if you look at the way Kansas State's been able to win over the past couple weeks, it's been heavy doses of DJ Giddens. Trayshawn Ward's still trying to work his way back. Uh, but no, Oklahoma State did a good job of taking him out of this game, making him a non-factor. I think it was good to see their offense finally get Ollie Gordon Gordon involved at the running back position. Uh, I thought he would be a crucial point of our vital point of their offense this season. And for whatever reason, they've neglected to use him properly until really uh, on Friday night. It's going to be interesting to see how they do that going forward. Uh, I think the most concerning thing for me is – Right now, when you look at the Big 12, like I, I thought going into this game, you would still have Texas and Kansas State as the top tier. I, I hadn't watched Oklahoma in all, really, until this game. Oklahoma is so impressive. But, man, if you're K-State, like there's, you have no shot, really, at this point. Do you, do you have a shot of getting back into the Big 12 championship game? Like, I don't know that they can legitimately beat Oklahoma if they play Oklahoma. I that's mean, where I'm at. Yeah, that's... They have a shot, like that. That that's my thing. Is like they still maybe have I a get shot. Caught up on the words, like yeah, like no, no one's really still mathematically eliminated. So like, I, I don't want to go that far. Um, looking looking at the standings though, uh, Kansas State sitting at one and one and one, just the same as Oklahoma State, yeah. BYU. Like it, they're they're not where they'd want to be, right? And knowing that Oklahoma is the undefeated team and Texas is probably still the most talented team, that's a very bad spot to be in. Now, Kansas State doesn't have to play Oklahoma, so that's a plus. Yeah. That's a plus. That That is probably, if they can get there right, then, then they still have every chance of being there. But they do still have to play Texas, and that's the only game. Like They, they can only lose one more at most, mm-hmm. and that's hoping Texas drops another. Like, they, yeah, they would need Texas, Texas to lose. That Texas game is big for yeah. for for that. Like, if specifically you're looking at Kansas State getting things right, I still have questions about them getting things right, and they have to take a trip to Lubbock next week. I still think I'll take Kansas State in that game, but that's Tech looked a hell of a lot better than yeah. than expected but against Baylor. Still, like I said, they're still not. But maybe that's just because Baylor's absolute garbage. Awful. 
and we we can get into that later. But um, but yeah, as far as the championship picture, somehow it feels like it's become even more of just Texas and Oklahoma with an outside chance of Kansas. Yeah, outside though. Yeah. So all right, then let's go to that. Let's go to Kansas and UCF. So. This game was one where we, we, we were doing our picks. We talked about with uh, Jalen Daniels not going to be able to play. If John Rice Plumley is able to play, that should give UCF somewhat of hope. Um, and then they went and got boat raced. They the got absolutely boat raced. And I don't know what to make of this at team. At one point, UCF's run was at having 60 straight points scored on them between Baylor's second half and Kansas's first half. 60 to nothing. Yeah, this is um, uh, a nice reality check, I think, for them, that fan base in general. Uh, I I didn't expect – like, I knew there would be a learning curve, or I guess a learning curve, you could say, coming into the Big 12. I thought they were more equipped than this. Um, I, But I think it really shows that if you don't have the depth in the trenches especially, and, you know, and I know there's still that jump to other conferences if you want to look at that, but still, you have got to bulk up, and UCF is finding that out the hard way. They cannot stop the run. They are getting gashed. They can't get any momentum going outside of, really, R.J. Harvey uh, this past weekend. But, like, dude, they, I think this is a – and it's so weird because you give up the comeback to Baylor, which made Baylor, like, give them a false sense of hope, and – after that, then you announce Gus Malzahn's contract, and then this happens. It's just like a whole bad vibe going on down there in Orlando right now. Yeah, I mean, looking at it, they gave up damn near 300-yard rushers because yeah. Dylan McDuffie had 91 yards. And I haven't even heard of Dylan McDuffie. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard of Daniel Hyshaw. Like, like, I know Devin Neal, and he went off 150 on 12 carries. Like, I mean, just... It, it was it was amazing to see that, and it's also really funny. Not funny to me, but it's it, for UCF. It's concerning because the way they got beat by Baylor, which yes, Baylor had their best running performance of the year, but it definitely felt like Baylor was gashing them through the air. Mm-hmm. And then Kansas comes back, and with their own style, the wide zone scheme. Uh, throughout the season, I know they did a good job of navigating the transfer portal and bringing some talent in. Uh, they just haven't been able to get it to click on all cylinders like we've seen some other programs do. And I think the more concerning thing, if you're TCU, it's kind of looking at this offense where you just torched people last season. Uh, Garrett Riley heads over to Clemson. You bring in Kendall Bryles. And if you're familiar with this offense at all, like they – they can't – it's hard to navigate the way that Kendall's wanting to do it. They find a way to where they don't benefit their defense. They, their offense is just rushing off the field. They can't get anything really established. And outside of Amani Bailey, man, like TCU really couldn't get anything going. Chandler Morris just looks okay. Like I think that kind of the game he had against Baylor a couple of years ago – that really his only big game in college kind of skewed the expectations for him a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure if his status, he got injured, but he threw a couple of picks in this game. Uh, Rocco Brick, the quarterback for Iowa State, just absolutely obliterated the defense. Uh, But they really controlled the game on the ground. Iowa State took it to them. Uh, Defensively is where we talked about Iowa State's defense all year, and we're trying to make heads and tails of it as some of the games haven't been indicative to what we've seen, but – I think if you look over the past couple of weeks, it's that's where it's at. You're predicating yourself on hardcore, really good defense and an efficient rushing attack, and it's starting to work for Matt Campbell. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm still just catching up here. 
No, you're good. Thanks for throwing it at me right away. God. I know. So, yeah. So, <laughs> Iowa State, TCU. Yeah. What did you make of that? Just the, what, what the hell's going on with TCU? I mean, like, their offense wasn't terrible last night outside of all the turnovers. Yeah, but the clock management, night, yes, like, the, the, it was just, they made some it's, boneheaded decisions where you're just questioning, like, they just look. They're starting to question who their quarterback is, and that's very well, concerning. But it's not just that. I think they're trying to question their identity because, like, last year it was this whole tough mentality and uh, we're just the grit. And there was a – man, there was – at the end of that game, they cut to the sideline. And we've heard where Sonny Dykes this year has already called out Kazadi and the lack of, uh, I guess, string or whatever it is. And they, they cut, and him and Sonny and Kaz were going at it. Like, I think I would not want to be a TCU player this week in practice. I just put it to you like that. I don't know why you want to blame strength and conditioning. Because that's the, where everybody goes. Here's my thing. You can tell the guys how, like, how to work and what to work. But at the end of the day, they have to want to work. And then nope. they have to want to be tough. And you know what Gary Patterson always had? Guys with the chip on their shoulder who are trying to be tough. Yeah. You know what I don't think Sonny Dykes goes for? Guys who want to be tough. Well, no, I mean, I think I it's think last that year they had that I, Last year they had that perfect storm of Sonny Dykes coaching and scheme and Gary Patterson guys. Right. Dykes started bringing in his guys, and they lost all, all of the Patterson guys. Like, all of those guys aged out, played well enough to get drafted out, and you're left with this. This is Sonny Dykes TCU. And, like, it will get better than this, but it's not going to get back to, to last year's levels. Well, also, I think last year was kind of an anomaly too, right? Like you got to no, really, what I'm saying. yeah, you got to be honestly. If you're a TCU fan in general, I think you got to look at how that season unfolded. You didn't play starting quarterbacks because you knocked them all out. Uh, you got all the lucky. I mean, you just had the perfect. All the dominoes fell in your way last year, yeah. and that's just not going to happen for most teams. And, and I think it kind of shows the the separation and the difference of programs like Georgia and Michigan who were there last year, Ohio State for that matter, who were there last year, and you look at what they're doing this year, they're riding that same momentum and building it, whereas TCU has taken a, a significant step backwards. Um, I think that's one of the biggest differences in building a program and keeping it sustainable, but we'll get into that eventually. Um, Baylor, Texas Tech? I mean... I just don't know how many ways you can you can say Baylor is disappointed this year. Like, great on Texas Tech. They came in. They were ready to knock Baylor's teeth in. They went out there and did it. Like, they clearly are in a better place as a program right now. And that's a big issue. Yes. That's a big, big issue. Like, TCU's coming back down to earth. I'm looking at all three of those programs like, what the hell happened to schools in Texas? Like, this is disappointing on every level for each school. Yeah. And somehow Baylor found a way to be the worst of those three. Yeah, I just... Like, it, it, it's truly found a way. Like, this isn't, oh, well, you can kind of expect Baylor would be... No, like, how? How do you fall from 12-2 and two in the Sugar Bowl, and within two years, you're staring 2-12 and 12 in the face? I... I, I really don't know, dude. I, I think there is there has been a not two and twelve, two and ten, because you're not gonna get those extra two games. Yeah, I, I feel like there's been a massive and I know people have argued and said 
I think there has been massive misevaluations on some talent. I think there have been some conversations that should have had been had with upperclassmen that were looking at coming back where they should have probably in hindsight, instead of trying to be, I don't know if like overly nice or too kind or what, but you should have told those people, we appreciate what you've done for Baylor, go on. And, and, and you should have addressed, you should have replaced some talent that you have that is not doing anything. Um, you should have addressed that in the transfer portal. I, I feel like there's some, some, I have a lot of questions with that. I have a lot of questions with where the offensive line is going, the direction of the talent in that room, the specific hand-picked players that are supposed to be like up for the Remington Award that look like they would probably make a lot of uh, practice squads at some, maybe be lucky to make practice squads at some Power 5 programs across the nation. Um, I, I don't. It's really inexcusable. I don't know where the hell Richard Reese is. I don't understand how you have a player who was – Literally the only star, quote unquote, star getting any recognition in the preseason, and you've just completely neglected to use them, except for the fourth quarter when you actually won a damn game last week. Um, the passing I, attack. I don't blame Richard Reese. I don't either. I, d- I don't. Week. I want to know where he's at. I want to know why he is not being used in the damn offense. I want to know why Dawson Pendergrass is out there and Dom Richardson, and that's it. Like, what? What the hell are you honestly, doing? Honestly. This and this is just pure conjecture. I have nothing to base this on. Richardson already used his free transfer. Pendergrass is a freshman. Why run a guy and make him frustrated? Basically, show him why he should leave. Why? Ooh. Why? Why show a guy exactly why he that- should leave by giving him that many carries? They might like. They might be able to find the butter zone of. He gets enough carries where he where he's not like, man, I'm not getting carries. How am I not getting carries? Mm-hmm. And he's not running the ball enough to be like, man, why should I stay here behind an offensive line that is getting me tackled in the backfield Th- over half the time? I'm glad you said that because that immediately goes into what I was thinking watching the defense. Like I, here, my only my only reason why I feel like I shouldn't believe that is because that just is completely not what Baylor's staff would seem to be about, right? But like, I, I don't know another way to think about it right now. Well, dude, like I was thinking, the, I was watching their defense, right? And it's just, it's really god awful. Like, it's it's really bad. Um, but Caden Jenkins has been one of the bright spots, and is a freshman. And they the well, he came up with that big interception again this game. So that's what two interceptions in a row and a fumble recovery taken to the house. Mm-hmm. That really, so he's he's shown that he's a dude he can make plays and. Instead of being excited for the future of Caden Jenkins, watching him come up with another big play, you're just sitting here. Crossing my thought your fingers, was, when's praying, he going to hit the portal? Yeah, when's like, he going to hit? As the a portal? Baylor guy, I'm sitting here like crossing my fingers, praying to God, like, dear Lord, please just have him stick it out, please. It's but like that. That that's that's how that's how it is right now. Like programs will fall apart faster with the transfer portal, and. It just, it doesn't, I just don't know. I don't know, man. No, they're bad. It's bad. I don't understand the vibe. There's and a I lot of questions. Segment just, no, I don't. Just talking about Baylor being bad because Texas Tech went out there and earned that. No, they did. Like, Joey McGuire had the right well, game plan. Baron Morton did exactly what he needed to do and not much yes, more. Yeah, exactly. Not much more. Ta- like, Taj Brooks just... Dear Lord, he had a good game. All right, so let's get into the final and the best. I think it's the best college football game I've seen all year. Um, Texas and Oklahoma. 
I was, I Jeez, watched. We made it to 1020 without even talking about that one. I know. I want to save the best for the last. So Texas and Oklahoma, uh, Red River rivalry. This is a game where last year, and the more something more I thought about it, I'm glad I probably should have went with you and Emory and picking Oklahoma because they got flat out embarrassed last year, 49 to nothing. There was a lot of questions about where Brent Venables is no, with this no, program. Don't, don't, don't sit here and say you should have picked Oklahoma. No, I know. Because let's be clear. Everything going into this game was telling you Texas should win this game. Except when you look at how, given how it went last year and this rivalry, and you got to throw everything out the window. I think Oklahoma had a little juice to it. That's the thing. You you have to throw everything out the window, which includes last year's result. (laughs) Like, look, honestly, it was shocking to me how well OU played, especially early on, forcing interceptions, forcing turnovers. Yeah which they then also didn't necessarily capitalize on as much as they should have. No, but I just, I think what really stood out to me was their defense and the trajectory of this defense. The playmakers they have um, are, I knew like Billy Bowman and and Peyton Bowen and those guys were going to be really good, but I thought it was going to take a little longer for them to develop. But dude, that, that goal line stand, when you check Texas, that kind of, I think that was when Brent Venables earned his paycheck. That that's the thing is like I'm I'm looking at that and I'm like that's not scheme, that's not necessarily play calling, that's just who wants it. That's will more. That's will, yeah. And so great on on Venables to have his guys there, no like ready to go, hyped up, but not too hyped where they're blowing assignments. Yeah. But I'm still not sitting here being like, man, OU's defense is great. No, they're good. I'm they're, not saying they're, they're good. Great. They're better than probably where I thought they'd be, but I still think Texas would actually win this game the majority of times if they play it a bunch. I think I would favor Texas in the rematch unless I am st- too. stuff starts falling apart. Um, so it's a great win for OU, and it shows the potential, and they can definitely go and win a rematch if they rematch in the Big 12 title game. Um, but I definitely think this was one of those emotional, like, Good luck trying to predict it kind of things. Texas is still the slightly better team. Oh, yeah. They're not going to be ranked higher because they didn't earn it. But when you're evaluating how teams play, Texas did not play a terrible game. They just made one too many key mistakes. No, that and the defense on that last drive was abysmal. So I'm looking at Oklahoma. The remainder schedule for Oklahoma is pretty damn cake you got UCF this week I mean we knew their schedule was kind of cake going into the year no I know that but I'm just like looking at the back end I'm really yeah they can definitely I don't they got West Virginia at home at Kansas is probably their toughest road game Bedlam is going to interest me now a lot more than it would have because it's Bedlam yeah that and I think the way you saw the like Oklahoma State like they threw the whole damn kitchen sink like they were Trick play after trick play. I think you're going to get a lot of that from them for the remainder of the season. Yeah, plus it's the last bedlam. Yeah, it's the last like, bedlam ever. If there's one game on the schedule they want to win, it's that one. Yeah. So, yeah. I Moving forward, and we'll, we'll probably get to this later in the show yeah. if we, when we talk about contenders. Also, we can run a little long today because there's no Aranda uh, press. Nice. But where do you think OU is at nationally now? They, they jumped up big time in the rankings. They're up in the middle of the top 10. Uh, if I, if I'm correct, I, um, I don't, I think they're still pretty good. I would be very apprehensive to like make big jumps with them. I know they jumped up pretty high in the AP poll they're this number week. Five. 
Okay, so, yeah, I don't think they're number five in the nation. I would not have put Oklahoma at number five. I still think that teams behind them looking at this. Penn State, I think Washington, Penn State, Oregon. I think all three of them could possibly beat Oklahoma or about the same. I, I'll, take I, a, I'll take OU over USC, though. Hell, yeah. Yeah, USC's defense is the problem. So, like, like I'd, that, I'd probably have OU at eight. Let's see. They beat Texas. Right ahead of Texas and USC. That's fair. Yeah, I think if you flip them, yeah. Yeah, put all of the teams ahead of them, Penn State, Washington, Oregon. Yeah, I think that's right. Yep. I would do that. And then, then this weekend we'll learn a lot because and, you got Washington, Oregon and that's playing. Not to, it's not, and that's not to say that Washington and Oregon are like absolutely hands down better. I just think that they have the edge right now. Um, but, yeah, Oklahoma is very much in this conversation. They, they are, which be. is they weird. I, I, I was not expecting this from them. I, I thought they would be better than last year, but I didn't think that they would be – in Big 12 championship contending, per se? I didn't think so either, but I also thought many other programs in the Big 12 wouldn't be better, and frankly, it has been a disaster of the year. That, have the you Big been, 12. like, overall, like, I know a lot of these conferences are down. The, I, the SEC is ass. Like, the Big 12 the pa- is the bad. The Pac-12 is up. The ACC is up. The SEC and the Big 12 are down. Just, the Big 10 is still just still the Big, the Big 10. 10. <laughs> it's so weird. Still the boring-ass Big 10 that has their, like, three, three good teams. Yeah. And then the one surprise good team or the one like, oh, this team's going to have a randomly solid year this year, which I see is Maryland. Um, yeah, which got a reality check gets Ohio State. They were in it for a good bit. They showed some good fight. Yeah. But that's all you can ever, yeah. you ever really ask for. Um, but, yeah, so the Big 12 is just – it's it's a bad year for the Big 12. And as, as much as Texas and OU are still technically a part of it, I'm not looking at them when I'm saying it's a bad year for the Big 12. No, they need to be. In fact, I'm looking at them being like the fact that they're leaving makes this even worse for the Big 12. This is exactly what I thought was the worst case scenario for the Big 12. This is literally the I worst case scenario. I find ways to make it worse, but we're damn close to it. Yeah, but I mean, well, I, I guess, yeah, you're right. But I just thought the way if Oklahoma and Texas, but the way that they look significantly better than most of these teams, is t- that's I think is bad. That is a bad look. It's a bad look. But I don't want to say, like, there are two ways I feel like you can arrive at that statement, which is, oh, my God, Texas and OU are amazing, and then the Big 12 sucks. Or the Big 12 freaking sucks, and Texas and OU are just good. I think that's probably a safer way of putting it. it. It's not even about, like, trying to do spin or damage control. I truly think, like, yes, Texas and OU are better than, than they have been in a while, but the rest of the Big 12, like, all together yeah. looks worse than they've been in a while. But I also think it helps, though. Like, like Kansas and West Virginia are your, what, third and fourth best yeah. teams? Yeah, at this point, yeah. As far as what they've actually shown on the field? Yeah, because, yeah. Yeah, because I think K-State lost that that privilege last week. Yeah. Absolutely did. So, I, I think there's also another way you could look at it because I think it's bad for the – this is the worst case – it's not the worst case scenario because – like you're saying, with Texas and Oklahoma being okay, the rest of the Big 12 being down, and then the four teams coming in, at least you have some hope. Like the way Colorado has been, I still think they're getting way overhyped, but they're good and they're going to be a factor. Utah is still, eh, they're okay coming in. But I think that kind of helps knowing that you're going to replace with some pretty good teams. But the fact that your foundation, your hateful That's eight, the thing. It's just I don't ugh. think you want to be having to bring in teams and then rely on them and rely on them yeah. to like carry the conference's strength and like Utah, which is apparently going to be possibly the most insufferable fan base to join. 
Yeah. Like, was did that catch you off guard of, that they were the team? That the, they're the they're the fan they're the base? ones that that killed the pack essentially. I guess oh, you that, quote unquote. That, yeah. Um, it didn't necessarily catch me off guard, but I just I hadn't given it a lot of thought of like, okay, who really came right. up with this fifty million dollar valuation? Like, I probably figured it was like Stanford or Cal. I think that's what everybody I thought. Yeah. Just because it's like, yeah, who would be dumb enough? My, one of them Bay Area schools, right? They're, I just they thought that they're the smartest. The, the fact that you let one of the newer teams in that conference kill the 180 because of their well, negligence. I mean, let's be real. I don't think that they were the only ones. No, they who, weren't. Like, but the other the other schools had to had to agree in some form. Yes, clearly the four that were leaving, or or maybe at that point it was just Washington and Oregon. Maybe the, they were like, yeah, cool. Ask for whatever. Like <laughs> exactly. we're gonna we're, we're gonna get mil anyway. Exactly. Um, but still, other schools had to be convinced to go along with it. Yeah. So I don't pin it all on Utah. And um, maybe maybe it was their long game. Maybe. Because yeah. they don't want to be in the Big 12. I think it is oh, their no. I think <laughs> I I think they saw the pack dying and were oh, like, yeah. let's just speed this along. Because we, we know we've got an invite waiting for us. <laughs> in a conference that, frankly, they probably were looking at, like, we can go run this. Sh-. Exactly. That's exactly what they were looking at. So... Yeah, that's, anyway. that's going to be fun to watch going forward. Anyway, we should probably All right. get a break. Yeah, so up next, we are going to get in. There's an interesting article I found on The Athletic this morning by Ari Wasserman and David Ubbin, uh, where they take a look at some of the most disappointing college football fan bases this season. Uh, and we're going to dive into that next here on the College Chaos Podcast. Welcome back into the College Chaos Podcast. I'm Garrett Ross alongside my man Jack McKenzie and you. And we appreciate you watching. And interesting article like I touched on as we were going into break. Ari Wasserman, David Ubbin crushed this on The Athletic. As they're taking a look, Jack, at some of the most disappointed fan bases in college football this season. Uh, the headliner is... So it was based around fan bases. Fan bases, given the expectations coming into the season, looking at the overall program, who should be the most disappointed? You have 10 of them on here. Headlined by my LSU Tigers, who are absolutely god-awful. And I know, look, okay, the standards for programs, giving the standard for LSU, they are awful. I mean, going into this year, I feel like I remember us having a discussion about how you're like, they we were, are not going to be as good as a lot of people expect us to be. We are not going which to is. be in the college football playoff conversation. Exactly. And then you, I think you seemed a little more hopeful as we got close to that to that Florida State game. Then reality set in. And then reality set in. You're like, no, I was right. I was right. And you've progressively gotten more negative, it's, which it's, I don't fully understand. It's frustrating. I, because you have all the talent in the world. You are literally in a hotbed for recruiting talent. Brian Kelly, and I, I have said this, I will continue to say this. This man can win a natty. I, I will still not like him as a coach. I just, I don't, he's, he's like a used car salesman. There's a vibe I get from the guy I do not like. Um, their defense is Freaking atrocious. Like, there's no damn way that defense should ever be that bad. As much talent as you have, like, it's stupid that you should have to go get a guy out of retirement to try to sure up your freaking defensive line. Your offense, like, that's the thing. Like, LSU went from used to having these badass defenses and miserable offenses 
to Joe Burrow and you put it all together to now it's like you want to have these high-flying offenses and your defense isn't catching up. I, I just I don't understand it. Um, I think if you look at their running back room, traditionally they always have a guy. They don't have that this year. I think Logan Diggs was pretty damn good on Saturday, but he has no breakaway speed. Like There's no back that you see on this team that can break away. Uh, the receivers outside of Malik Neighbors, who is finally just starting to show up, um, are okay. Mason Taylor has just not even lived up to the hype. I think Jalen Jaden Daniels is going to get murdered on the field if they keep letting him run the way he is and just getting destroyed. They've got to find a way to do that. I just, man, it, it is. It's, it's frustrating, I think, giving all of the expectations for that. There was all the talk on the offseason. I knew it was bullshit. But, like, you had the baseball team win a natty in the second year under Coach Johnson. You had Mulkey win a natty in her second year. And then it was like, oh, well, Brian Kelly's supposed to. No, that's not how this works. Brian Kelly's flawed. Uh, yeah, I just it is frustrating as hell. Uh, and if you look at the way the SEC West is down, the SEC in general, for them not to be able to be in the, they still are kind of in the mix, but it's they just it's won, frustrating as hell. One divisional loss, one I don't care. It's bad. They're absolutely in the mix. This this is what I don't get about the LSU stuff. Before we move on to another team, is if you're looking just at wins <laughs> and losses. Yes. You would have, you could have, and did envision this exact scenario exactly. before the season. And it's frustrating. We dropped Florida State. We dropped Ole Miss. Everything's yeah. still in front of you. And it's frustrating. I don't like. I, I I get it. I get it. But as a alum and fan and media member around the school that is absolutely <laughs> the biggest disappointment in college football this year, like by the stats. <laughs> I don't understand why LSU is number one on this list. That's fair. That is, but I think the reason they put them there is given everything I said. The expectation is was doesn't get clicks. Yeah, well, that that <laughs> Baylor doesn't get the clicks, and also I really think that all the smoke and outside perception. I think people from the outside expected this to be a playoff team, and the fact that they aren't the the fact that you have the playmakers they have on there, and what was supposed to be a Great coaching I, hires. I, just, I, I feel like that's. I don't the see how why. this was supposed to be a playoff team this year. I don't either. I I, I, I didn't. I, I see don't it. know who these people that expected them to be a playoff team are this year because, frankly, I didn't expect Bama to be as questionable as they are. No, but I also like Georgia's still Georgia, and they're again looking like they're just going to run through mm -hmm. everybody in the SEC, and then you're counting on that West Division champ or frankly West Division runner up, right? to be that second SEC team while the like we knew that hey Texas should be better this year the Big Ten has now three teams that we're looking at like true playoff contenders the ACC has Florida State and the Pac-12 has like all the best <laughs> all the damn teams so <laughs> I do not understand where this idea of LSU expecting to be a playoff contender I, I think it was I think it was from all the offensive talent, the way they beat Bama last year, the way they played for the SEC. They they won the SEC. Just hold on. I think that's where it comes from. That's exactly where it came from. Okay. And you were bringing I, I'm back. Not trying to, I'm not trying to think I'm smarter than other people. But like Watching that LSU-Bama game last year, I was like, LSU found a way to steal that one. Hell yeah, they did. Exactly. But they it was a steal. It wasn't a. Well, they, it was the quarterback. That that's what it is. You know how it is. 
No, but but what I'm saying yeah. is that that result was not something I wanted to build expectations on because I didn't think it was a true sense of where like what which program is better right now. Right. Now, do I think LSU is in a better spot than Bama right now? I'm not sure. It's closer than I thought it would be. Yeah, it's they're about the same. But like again, all of these different things, I'm like, why are you building expectations on this? Because it just doesn't make sense to me. And I'm sure someone could have definitely done this for other teams on the list to me that I was I right. was higher on, I had higher expectations for. But it I don't know. Uh do you want to go to AM or Notre Dame next? AM's AM. Like I I, I don't yeah. understand why AM's on this list okay, we'll because spend 30 yeah. seconds on this. AM's AM. Same old shit. You're in, you're out. I'm surprised. They looked a little better given this toxic-ass uh, coaching staff you have together. But it's A&M, and they're in the same place they are every year. Frankly, I was worried they would be worse than they are right now. Like, I don't know why anyone outside of College Station would be disappointed with them because it honestly looks like the coaching staff moves have largely worked Somewhat, yeah. They've somehow like they, kept they, it. They, they haven't brought the results desired for the money you're paying, but they don't look like they're you know a flaming dumpster. No, I, they're which still. I thought it would. I thought they had a good chance of being that. So yeah, yeah. Notre Dame. This one, I think this one might be like the as one. far as expectations go. Like my big disappointment of the year. As far like looking at playoff contending mm-hmm. like expectations, because you brought in the quarterback that like frankly, if Bama had them, yeah. you'd be you'd be like, yeah. you'd be scared of Bama right yes, now. Yes, you would. Um, like they, I don't want to downplay Louisville. I don't want to Louisville's good. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I, like I don't want to downplay the two teams that beat Notre Dame. It's just. Watching the watching the the Louisville like condensed version, mm-hmm. they got beat in the trenches. They beat the shit out of Notre Dame, which means they were never really a playoff contender. And I don't know how I convinced myself that they that they I, were because you cannot you you cannot be beat by a program like Louisville in the trenches like that. You can't get run over like that. You can't have trouble protecting Sam Hartman like that. You can't not have a running attack mm-hmm. like that. Like it it's. Holy hell. I think I think what got me with Notre Dame was coming into the season. Like I they're about where I thought they would be, honestly. I mean, they because when you're all of your playmakers that Sam Hartman's having to rely on are freshmen, it's going to be hard to consistently win week in and week out. Now, if you had Sam Hartman there with let's say two years of eligibility left and you were able to build like, I think you would be perfectly confident if you're Notre Dame, uh, you know, like going into next year. But I think kind of the way they had Ohio State on the ropes, you had the the infamous 10 people on the field. I feel like that just kind of deflated their entire season and they just kind of started reeling. I think they kind of, when you play big games and you play big teams like Ohio State, we saw Texas do it with Wyoming, right? Like the wind comes out of your sails a little bit and Louisville was not the team they needed to face coming off of that. They exposed them. They forced Sam Hartman into multiple picks. And then now when you look at their schedule, you still got like a team like USC where that's going to be a shootout. And I don't know. I don't think they can hang with USC in the shootout. It'll still be close. I think that completely erased all their outside shot of the college football playoff. Oh, yeah. They're out of the playoff picture. Like, they're out of the playoff picture. (laughs) I I think that's that's done and dusted. Two losses for Notre Dame. You don't have a conference championship to make that, that stuff up. 
Um, I I definitely have more questions about Ohio State now. Yeah, I don't really. I'm still trying to figure them out. Like, I don't know how good Maryland's Maryland is, and frankly, the idea that Notre Dame didn't get completely like run over defensively by Ohio State now mm-hmm. makes me question some stuff. Right. Um, and I know Louisville was ready to go. Jeff Brown is an offensive genius. Um, I just. I'm, I could see, back to your earlier point, with the, the freshman playmakers mm-hmm. around Sam Hartman, I could see Sam Hartman elevating the receivers. I can see freshman running backs go and do great things because yeah. fre- it's running backs. Right. Like, hit the hole. Doesn't seem like there are holes to hit, though. No. Doesn't seem like there's an offensive line that can give Sam Hartman time to put the ball in the perfect place for his young receivers. The offensive line coming out of that Louisville game is what, to me, is holding the offense back. And defensively, I don't know what's up. I just don't think they've got playmakers or enough talent on that side of the ball yet. Yeah, that's fair. I I would agree with that. And Notre Dame just always, they live in this space where they play a few games every year where I'm like, these are the games that I can actually learn who Notre Dame is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's fewer games than other teams play of that nature. And they've come out and in... Two of the three of them so far, like they have more games like that this year than I than usual. Yeah, and in two of the three of them so far, they've lost. Yeah, they're uh, they're they're always. I like Marcus Freeman. I think he's going to be. I think he's the perfect fit for them. I think he's going to really turn things around. And but it, it's just it's frustrating if you're a Notre Dame fan, given everything that's been, you know, especially with having Sam Hartman. Yeah. Damn, that's frustrating. Can I can I do my piece on Baylor real quick? Just rip them, um, because and. I did not do this research. This is from uh, Travis Roeder's article on Second365.com. But essentially, Baylor is like 11.5 points worse than they were expected to be this year. Like points per game. Which is the single largest change in the nation. Not only that... It is three whole points more than the next closest, North Texas. Three whole points. It jumps from eight and a half-ish to 11.4. Yeah, that's a... I, I just... I, I don't that's know. That's an entire possession. They are... Dude, like, they... They're so bad. It, 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 I don't even know what to say about them, honestly. I and just... I, it's so hard to talk about that team. I don't either... Because this is truly one of those you either stick it out with Aranda praying that like he has learned the lessons he's had to learn and you just have to write off these two years of like he these were his learning experience and he will get it right and you are not going to go out and hire someone better that won't just leave you in two years if they get it right. That's the thing. That's the thing with Baylor. They don't. That is why they might hold on to Aranda is because Aranda is the closest thing to a secure good like you would hope good coach. Yes, he's got to prove the good coach port point at this point, but like. I know one thing, uh, and there's he, he he showed after success he wasn't going to leave right away, and that is something Baylor cannot count on from anybody. A, almost anyone you'd look at to hire uh, Jeff Trailer, 
he'd be gone that, okay. for like a Texas or an A&M. Um, oh, GJ Kinney would definitely move on when the timing's right. Like they, they all right. That's what's this whole time has bugged me with the, with this Aranda stint is because he is what I have assumed hearing from Baylor fans for so damn long that they were looking for in a coach, somebody who is steady, calm, coming in, be the next Grant Taft and stay here and build it up. Like, and you have that and it's just not working. And I, I don't know. People don't want the next Grant Taft. They want, they want Grant Taft's personability, the, the outward image. They want Art Briles. They want, yeah, exactly. And that's, they want every year playoff contention with the nice Christian good guy image. Grant Taft was not that successful. No, he was not. And that's what always gets me. I'm like, what the rem- hell? People are remembering the peaks of a very good man and solid ball coach. Yeah. But they're expecting the success of a great ball coach. It- and the one they, that they had, that reset level, showed he wasn't that great of a man. And they and they will never have that again here. And that's what they need to realize and understand. You are not going to have a football. Like, it's it's a whole bigger issue that these people are going to have to look in the mirror and address. Honestly, at the end of the day, and the narrative I keep seeing on the internet and really during Twitter following that game was this whole crap about well, RG three needs to be the next. Look, stop with that crap. That was the whole. Um, He's just getting into broadcasting. He's broadcasting. He's not a coach. Like, and there's plenty of other factors. If you really want to look in the mirror and dig deep, you find out why he's not going to be a coach here. Like, it's not happening. It's straight up. Yeah. So stop um, with all that. I'm just sitting here. And you know what just popped into my head? What? Do you know who Bo Burnham is? I do not. Uh, he's a comedian. And uh, he, he does these great musical bits. And one, the, whole, the, the song is called uh, Lower Your Expectations, where it just... The refrain of the song is, if you want love, lower your expectations. I mean, yeah, exactly at this Baylor point. Baylor fans need to lower their damn they do. expectations. Baylor fans need to be happy with, like, consistent seven-win seasons. Can I ask you something as a Baylor person? Yeah. Because I, I had this argument with Grayson. I feel like Baylor has become, and I, and I, this, I want your truth, expo- I feel okay. like they have become a basketball school with a good football team every once in a while. You cannot be a basketball school in Texas. That's the problem. Like just add all, it's so impossible. You are, you live in the state of Texas. Your school resides in the state of Texas. You cannot be a basketball school. As much as you, Baylor could go win three straight national titles in basketball and people would still be more pissed that football's not no, good. I understand that. But reality though, like if you look at the programs, like I feel like they are becoming that. Like you're, Michigan State, like like Duke, North Carolina, like I, I just maybe I'm wrong, and I just that's just how I view it. That that the transition's becoming where this is more of a basketball school, no, no with no, a no, good no, no, football no. team or average to good football team year in and year out. Basketball school versus football school has nothing to do with how good the <laughs> how good the teams are year in year out. It has everything to do with what the people care about, and we live in Texas, and they that's care fair. more about football. That's fair. That's, like, that, that's like what I, I need had, to know. I actually had this argument, I want to say like a year ago with Grayson, where I'm like, we should be a basketball school. It's what we're best at. Football's too up and down. Like, we've got a great coach, great team, good environment that's only going to get better with the new arena. And You know, I, I listed off the reasons, mm-hmm. and Grayson, very rightly, was like, yeah, but we're in the state of Texas. I get and that. This, this year, this year is only more evidence to me on that. Where if Baylor truly was a basketball school, people would have 
just dusted their hands of this terrible Baylor football season instead of constantly, constantly complaining even after all the writing on the wall. Like, unless we see a turn literally this week, like over this bye week, where people just stop caring, Mm -hmm. which I don't think we will see. I think people will be bitching and moaning until the the day that Baylor's two and ten record is cemented. (laughs) And and like we'll we'll all the noise will still surround the football program. Right. Basketball will be great, but that's not gonna pick up steam till conference. Because Baylor's not a basketball school, and it's only about what the people care about. And we are in Texas, and they will only care about football. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. It's just that's kind of where I've been skewed in trying to figure out what Baylor is and the expectations and everything. Because take the Texas factor out to me, they damn sure look like a basketball <laughs> school. <laughs> okay, let's look at so – we got plenty of time today, honestly. I'm fine going well that's over fine. if you are. Um, Clemson, Tech, Arkansas, UTSA, Miami, and Pitt. Those are the other six schools Clemson on the list. heads and head and shoulders above everybody. Really? To me. Because Clemson has become Clemson was the team that kind of shook up the SEC's run a little bit. I feel like like Clemson kind of said, Okay, we're here, we're consistent, we're gonna be a factor. And then for whatever reason, Dabo has to said, I am not going to participate in modern reality. Um, I'm going to play like it's the 50s. And, um, yeah, dude, they uh, they have no playmakers outside of Will Shipley. Like, they have nobody, no no receivers for K-Club to throw the ball to. Um, they look like they are regressing as a program in general. I think if you look at the ACC Duke's better than expected. I, you know, I think that loss caught a lot of people off guard. I wasn't surprised by it. Duke was really good, and I, it sucks to see where that program's going to head now with Riley Leonard not being 100%. But I think Florida State coming back on the rise, Miami trying to get there, they're still got a ways to go. Louisville we've seen. I just I feel like Clemson's starting to lose their identity and lose the stranglehold they had on the ACC. And given where they were as a program to where they are now, yeah, they're definitely, to me, the one that stands out the most. Yeah. See, I'm looking the way this list is ranked. Clemson's at four, Tech's at five. Again, Baylor should be number one. LSU is maybe number two. I think Clemson could be like a number two, honestly. I I don't see Clemson at that level, honestly. I, In fact, I see Tech is more disappointing than Clemson. I think given the hype. Given the hype. Given the hype, because you definitely I was make an sitting argument. here saying I expect Florida State to win the ACC. I so I ex- I didn't expect Clemson to be playoff contending. They look worse than I expected them to. Yeah, they do. Like I, I can't lie about that. Um, they've played solidly in the big games. And I think if they can go out and beat Notre Dame, then I I would look and start saying, hey, I don't even know if they're a top ten disappointing team this year if they go and beat Notre Dame. Um, later in the year, so I, I just, I, I probably should have heading into the segment written down the teams I truly think are the uh, most disappointing because I don't want to just sit here and be like, oh no, they're not that disappointing. That's like, who would you replace them with? Right. I don't want to be that guy. Right. Um, but that's how you like, view it, though. Like just pure vibes. We knew Clemson didn't embrace the transfer portal heading into the year. We knew that would be an issue for them. Yeah. We know that the AD really needs to tell Dabo use it or like 
you're going to be gone in two mm-hmm. years because you're not going to be winning anymore. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I definitely see uh, Notre Dame. Hell, I see LSU as more disappointing than Clemson. Like I agree with that. Yeah. Um, Tech and Baylor definitely more disappointing. What are you, what are your thoughts on Arkansas? Did people have expectations for that? Was, this that's year? what I'm wondering. Like I, I didn't when I see them on this list, I'm like, what were you expecting? I had expectations for them last year, and because of last year, yeah. I didn't have expectations for them this year. Well, that, I mean, you give you were going to have a whole new offense. Uh, you lost a lot of playmakers. Like KJ Jefferson's good, but he's not elite. Like that's what when I saw him on here, I'm like, okay, I don't. I, I think this is Sam Pittman's last ride, honestly. But I don't know. I'm not shocked. He's not on this list. That's I, yeah. It's, it's, switch TCU and Arkansas. I would yeah, I definitely agree with that shit. Yeah. But yeah, no, that I think that Pitt. I mean, I don't know what really Pitt. You, yeah, I, I can understand that one because you are literally moving your quarterback to tight end. Question. That's pretty disappointing. Question for you: the dishonorable mention in USC. I don't. This is what they are. Like I don't. What did people expect? I am surprised by just how bad the defense. Is. I think maybe, maybe, but I'm not disappointed in it because I was like all offseason. I was are, saying that's why they're not a true. Are true you contender. surprised? Are you surprised because the talent they have there and it's still just abysmal? I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's this is crazy. Lincoln Riley football. I know. Like I'm surprised Caleb Williams is out here defending the defense. <laughs> Caleb Williams, be he's a slapping all of. He's a better teammate than I thought he was. <laughs> For real. Like, honestly. Yeah. He's real for that one. <laughs> but he's also not keeping it real because, like... No. Like, he's real as a as a bro for that one. He's real as a teammate. But he's not keeping it real, like, being no. straight up. Because yeah. if he was being if he was, if he he was was being straight up, he'd be like, yeah, dude, we're not winning. We're, we're not, not winning, winning a natty with y'all. With no, <laughs> they're not winning the Pac-12 with that. No, they're not. But, I mean, like, they're... I would just be so pissed off if I was Caleb, like, knowing that I had all this talent around me. And it's... Just the negligence. He has no right to be pissed off. And you know why? Because he knew Lincoln's ass would drag <laughs> yeah. Grinch with he him he to Southern California. That's fair. He knew. He knew. He saw it coming. I In guess fact, that's just... I think I, I, I'm willing... I'm, I don't remember the exact timeline, but I'm willing to bet the timeline was Lincoln, Grinch, Caleb. Not Lincoln, Caleb, Grinch. He knew what he was getting into. He, yeah. I think he knew full... Well, who the defensive coordinator was on the team, even though he didn't have to like play for him because he's an offensive player, he's the best offensive player in the nation, probably. But like, can't be you cannot be disappointed as much in them because, yeah, the problem is what we all knew the problem would be, right? No, that's fair. Disappointment there. That's fair. I I understand why they're dishonorable mention though. That's funny because like the amount of talent they have, the amount of. I am disappointed in USC for showing that I was right. Right. Which means they're not they're not blowing my expectations. Yeah. Like they, they're where I expected them to be at, and it's sad because of the talent they have. Right. Okay. Let's keep it here. Let's just let's just give our. Do you want to just keep it here and then do the predictions, or do you want to break and then come back? Um. Prediction. I'm sorry. I'm blanking on what we were doing. We we're going to do the segment. championship, the oh, playoff, yes. and or do you just want to? Well, let's keep it going. All right. So right now, uh, if you look at – you have what? Georgia, I think, is clearly in the driver's seat. I think Auburn kind of gave them a reality check last week, and then they took it out on Kentucky. And I think it's pretty safe to say unless – I don't know what the hell happens. Georgia will be in the college football playoff. I think you can probably say the same for Michigan. Um, 
Well, I would no, I wouldn't say that because I'd be a little apprehensive to say that. Michigan's still got to prove it. Uh, the Big Ten, the Big Ten will be something very interesting to see be play weird. out. I still think Michigan wins the game because I have questions about Ohio State. Yeah. Um, Penn State versus um, Penn State versus Ohio State. That one's that one's going to tell me a lot. So okay, that before because you're the big more of the Big Ten. What are they all on the same side or is Penn State on the other side from them? Oh, uh, I can't. Honestly, I, I'm because when I look at this, like you would think the let's see, so all right, no, the east, yeah, they're in the east, so they're in the east. They're with I'm, Michigan, like, Penn State, and Ohio in place State right now. Yeah, it is right now. So I think this, this is the last year because yeah. then they're bringing. In so two. those three are together. So yeah, that's going to be. I think you'll learn a lot. I think you're pro- honestly probably going to see Michigan beat Ohio State, and then what? That Penn State Michigan game is really probably going to be the determining factor as to who makes it out of there. And then what? You're looking at probably like Wisconsin. Well, here's the thing. I've got to see Penn State beat Ohio State first. Yeah. I, I have to see that before I'm even going to start being like, no, Penn State Michigan's the deciding game because, like, I know I was not impressed by Ohio State at, against Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's only gotten less impressive since. There's just something there where I can't remember the last time Penn State beat Ohio State. Well, I also Wasn't think it like five years ago. Yeah, but also I think in that situation it comes down to like quarterback, right? I, like, I think both teams are so evenly matched from a roster perspective. Obviously, Ohio State's got the advantage on the from the receivers. I mean, look, we're but, gonna we're gonna know in two weeks. Yeah, we're gonna know in two weeks. That's when that's when Penn State at Ohio State is. But it's at Ohio State. Yeah, I again still like. But well, James Franklin's got to win the big game, exactly, right? Exactly. That that's the thing. James Franklin hasn't won the big games yet, so I need to see him win this one before I'm willing to go say Penn State has surpassed. Like I know it's cheap to say I need to see them beat the team before I'll say they're, they've surpassed the team, but like, yeah, be the best. You got to beat the best. That's fair. And what has Ohio State been up until like the last two years? The best. The best in the Big yeah. Ten. Now it's Michigan, but Penn State was below both of them before that. Like, yeah. So. They've got to do that. I do expect, like, I want them to win that. I would put money on them winning that. I don't know if expect, expect right. is the right word. Um, but, but yeah, so out of the Big Ten, I'm looking at Penn State and Michigan. Frankly, I think the fact that they're in the same division bodes well for the Big Ten's chances to get two teams two in. Because yeah. I don't think the SEC is getting two in this year. Hell no. If Georgia runs the table, which they should. Um. Then, then they'll get in unless they try to squeak Bama in somehow. But I, I still don't see that happening. I don't. I don't like throwing around the they at the committee. You know like, what I like, mean. I know what you mean. I hate that you're not off base. I know. It. Um, but yeah, it will. It really will come down to like, let's say it's one loss, Penn State, mm. uh, undefeated Michigan, undefeated Georgia. And then and you're looking then at you're Washington looking, and Oregon, right? Because they play this weekend. And they're both undefeated. Oklahoma, Florida State, maybe Texas. Like this needs to be the 12 <laughs> playoff year, man. Honestly, honestly, it does. Um, but out of those teams I kind of just mentioned, who do you think are going to be the ones that actually come out of their conferences? Oklahoma or Texas? Oregon or Washington? Yeah, I think it's going to be Is Florida State going to going to top Louisville. That's the thing. Like Florida State, I, I would be nervous if I'm a Florida State fan because, like, watching that game, Jordan Travis is still banged up. Like he hasn't, he's not 100 percent healthy. Johnny Wilson got rocked last week, and I don't know. Like I just feel like Florida State's got everything going for him, 
but they're not as dominant as they looked in that opener against LSU, and more teams are starting to figure them out. And as injuries pile, I think they're going to be more vulnerable. Now, for the regular season, they don't play Louisville, so that's a yeah. pass for them. The no, the, you, the North Carolina game is going to be intriguing. Like that, North Carolina can beat them. Um, I don't necessarily know that they will, but that's that's the one North that Carolina they hit up. Also, doesn't play Louisville. So, just as far as like what matchups might we see in the ACC championship game? So, by that, then does Louisville? If Louisville runs the table, they would be in, and it would be the winner of. I'm assuming it would be the winner of North Carolina, Florida State, if everything holds tack. Except for the fact that those two don't play. What the fuck? All right. Interesting. Yeah. I, I really, I don't know how this schedule works for the, for the ACC, but um, I don't know what the, what the tiebreakers will be. Yeah. Oh, well, we will see. It'll be Florida State and somebody. Also, lest we forget, Duke is 1-0 in the conference right now. But they are hurt. Rodney Leonard hurt. got hurt, and I, I, I don't. I, ju- I just want to make sure we're clear. No, I love, I, the, the ACC yeah. has a battle on its hands this year, and frankly, if it wasn't for the Apple Cup, I'd be saying I feel very good about the Pac-12 champ mm-hmm. being in over the ACC champ. So you that think Apple, Washington's going to – you think Washington would be the champ if they didn't Washington's get my favorite right now. Oregon – it's close, but it's the it's knowing that they've got a rivalry game the last week of the regular season against like that has so many aspects to it. And Washington State is a solid team. But does it does anything change with them getting beat by UCLA this weekend? No, because I'm not saying Washington State's going to pop up and it's win the conference. That, it's the just everything. that they that they could go give Washington a loss. And then Washington could go beat Oregon, right? Like the- theoretically, you're looking at Oregon loses the Pac-12 championship game, but is the one-loss team. Mm-hmm. Washington State's two-loss and wins the Pac-12 championship. Okay, that's the scenario I'm very scared of. Right, where Oregon wins this matchup in the regular season, yeah. Washington wins in the championship game, but they've lost the Apple Cup, and then everybody's like, left out. Yeah, okay. Like yeah. you've got a one loss. Yeah, you, you've got <laughs> like you've got. Um, Undefeated Oregon and one loss, two loss Washington in the mm-hmm. Pac-12 championship yeah. game. I don't know if two loss Washington makes the Pac-12 championship game, but I we shall see. Like there are ways that there are things that scare me about the Pac-12. All right, so who wins the Big Twelve? Big Twelve, Texas. I don't think, I, they I think Texas twice comes back in and beats And I think that that's the title game matchup. No, no one seems like they're on either of those teams level no. right now, and I hate every aspect of it. All right. Um, is there a group of five a team that's standing out? At all? I like Wyoming. I, I, I'm glad they went out this week and ended the the little fairy tale run for Fresno State. Um, I think watching them this season, really the Tech game when they had their starting quarterback and just seeing the the vibe that's going on in Laramie, I think that's that's really good. I think they can really upset a lot of people. They beat Tech. They push Texas with a backup quarterback to the brink. Um, yeah, I think they are probably. This year's Tulane. Now, will they get the Tulane's same? four no, and one? I know, but I know, and they're good. But I think, I think the Americans a little more difficult for Tulane to traverse than the Mountain West for Wyoming. Fresno State's five and one. Air Force is five and zero. Oh. I think Wyoming can beat Air Force pretty 
solidly though. I, I really think we're they're gonna a really find good out team. on Saturday. We, we went. I think they're going to make a statement. Honestly, I, I, I don't know that they get the same bump that Tulane got last year when they had the opportunity to play USC and beat them in the uh, was at the Cotton Bowl. Uh, I don't necessarily know that they'll get a. I mean, they might do. Like I think they're the best group of five team, hands down, though, in my opinion. It's a solid choice. Um, I am interested in Tulane and Tulane Memphis. Um, I just I've never can get with Memphis, man. They, they oh, I'm never not, I'm not like with them or about them. Just like you know, I'm I'm looking at records. I'm I'm trying to look at their schedules. They play this week, so winner yeah. of that game that that's inside track on the American title. Yeah, but Tulane. No, I mean they. I like how like I mean you got Ole Miss to come into New Orleans and you push them to the brink. Like they they've been tested. I just and they really first a damn good coach and Pratt's a quarterback, good quarterback. I just. No one's in the playoff conversation. No, 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 no. None of them. So, but yeah, if you had to say your playoff four right now, just to kind of put a bow on this show. Uh, Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Texas. I like it. And I'm not saying necessarily that order, but those are my four. I like it. I, I, my big thing right now, because... I'm leaning towards those four, except possibly swapping Penn State for Texas. That's fair. I'm wondering if it's fair, because one would be a conference champ and the other one wouldn't. And I would feel like Texas got jobbed there if the committee chose Penn State. And they don't want that. I don't think Texas is really in danger there, honestly, because it's Texas. they're a brand, yeah. Say say it was anyone else in the Big Twelve, any of the other teams that are actual shit. Outside of year, Oklahoma, outside like yeah. a non-brand school being the big like a one-loss Big Twelve champ okay. versus a team that didn't even make their conference title game with one loss. It should, every time it should be the conference title the conference title winner. But but yeah, reality. So because it's Texas, <laughs> I think honestly, I I. I I don't like to be in agreement with you on this. Like, I wish, <laughs> no, I, I, wish, I, I wish it felt like, oh, we could see more. We know how this easy works. Easy swap Oregon for Washington. Yeah. Like, well, honestly, I think we'll learn this weekend, right? The winner of that game, I could, you could either flip flop them. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. But we could just see a rematch in the Pac 12 title game. We could, which would be interesting. Be very interesting to see how a committee handles. Well, one is the conference championship. And the other beat them in the regular season, and literally nothing else is different. <laughs> like, they're both yeah. one loss, and just w- when you lose, that, right. that changes things. So, I don't know. Um, who, who is, who's, your, who's your favorite out of that group to win the championship? Michigan. Still Georgia? I'm still Michigan. I'm Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. I, I think I picked Michigan before the year. I think they have the most well-rounded team. They, have, they just got a player back. On the in the trenches, that's going to be really good. JJ McCarty's f- just balling out right now. Yeah, I need to watch more Michigan. Because that, that's the thing. This weekend, you're going to have an opportunity. Well, you're not because you're going to go to Baton Rouge and hold it down for me. Uh, but no, uh, I think you're because Georgia plays this weekend uh, with with Baylor not playing. I'm going to be able to post up and watch a bunch. So they're playing Indiana. I'm not going to learn, sh- but you Michigan, get to watch Indiana. them. You get to at least watch them. Nah, I'll be on the road to well, Baton yeah, Rouge. You'll be calling Baton Rouge. That'll be fun. I hope you you're enjoy so, that. You, you're, I'm, I'm scared. You're, you're holding no, back some on me. No, I mean, you know, you go. You're gonna have fun. I'm, I'm happy for you. Really, honestly, I am. I am happy for you. you get to go to Death Valley, rock it out, it. get some cool pictures, and oh, I'm, I'm definitely gonna buy some from you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Anyway, yeah, I, I think I gotta agree with you on Michigan, though. I'm, 
I'm very interested to see if a Pac-12 team can. I hope they do. I, I think the Pac-12 is definitely deserves it. Now, I just I I feel a little because if the defense of the Pac-12 team and if they, if they draw the Georgia matchup, which I don't know if they could, but if the defense of the Pac-12 team is good enough, I have questions about whether Georgia's offense can keep up. Georgia's going to get beat this. Like I, I, I just, I, and I thought they would get beat before they got into the playoff. But like I said, I think Auburn kind of scared them the way Ohio State did last year, and now they are just ready and going to be on edge until they get like a Michigan and get a reality check. Yeah, fair enough. But we shall see. Anyway, anyway, but that's going to do it for today's episode. We went a little long. Thank y'all for staying with us. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in whenever you do. Make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, Go check out Josh Neighbors as he crushes it every day on this channel as well as what Grayson does. But we will be back next week. And you're listening to the College Chaos Podcast. We out.